and welcome to the Kairos Connection podcast. I'm Jenny Taylor and I'm here with Nick Harding. And so Nick, welcome to 2022. How's yeah. it been? Yeah, it's really hard to believe. It's surreal that we're actually in 2022. Who thought we'd ever arrive after the tumultuous year we had in 2021 yeah I think I'm kind of glad that 2022 is here although I think I did say to you earlier I feel like it's a bit of a futuristic number so it does feel a bit like being in a sci-fi movie at the moment I'm hoping that will wear off I think there should be a should have been a film 2022 yeah maybe there is and I just don't know it to be honest (laughs) (laughs) there probably is (laughs) so how was your Christmas and your new year uh yeah uh very relaxing very chilled uh Feel like I'm raring to go, all batteries fully charged. Um, I did have one present, and I must mention this present that really has inspired me. It's the autobiography by and about James Dyson, mm-hmm. the inventor who created the Dyson vacuum cleaner, as we all know. And uh, it's just an amazing story, his life, basically, and he's an amazing person. Um, he seems to embody so many qualities that I would covet for kingdom people. He's now 74 years old, uh, although he's just full on with everything that he's got in his hands to do. He passionately believes in what he's been given and he's using those gifts to the full. Um, I love the fact that he he obviously isn't thinking of retiring because, you know, he's doing what he's most passionate about. I often think about that for my own life. You know, people say, you know, Nick, when are you going to retire? I think, retire? Why, why, why would I retire? What, what's the point of retirement when you're doing the thing you love most? I also love the fact that he's created this incredible global enterprise, but at its heart, it's a family business. And I thought, what a great metaphor for the church, a global enterprise, but at its heart is a family business. So I thought that was lovely too. And I kind of find myself identifying with him in just very small ways, but his passion for innovation. And, uh, you know, I, I love the idea that we're, none of us should be standing still, you know, because if we are, we're, we're on the down escalator and we're not, it's not mm-hmm. going to be a happy ending. We need to keep innovating, keep moving forward, keep trying new things. And every time he innovated something, he had a new product, he finally got it to market. The first Dyson vacuum cleaner, he says, was the 5,127th iteration of that product. <laughs> before he finally got it to market. I'll, I'll be honest, Nick. I am quite glad that when we come up with new innovations in Kairos Connection, we don't do, do quite that many iterations because I think, I, feel, I think I'd feel quite frustrated in not ever getting to the place where we <laughs> delivered things. <laughs> I know. But he, he, did, he does do something which might also uh, justify one of my really bad habits, Jen, which is keep tweaking, keep playing with things, keep finding ways to improve it. Because he says every time he brings a new product to market, immediately... He's thinking, how can I make this better? How can I improve? How can we find new ways of doing things or better technology that improves the efficiency or whatever it is he's trying to do? So he's a, he's a great innovator. He's a great constant improver, but he's also a great involver. And he loves bringing young graduates, young engineers and designers into his enterprise and to train them and raise them up and to be part of this global movement of uh, innovation. And so I think all of those things are things that I covet for us as the church. Yeah. Uh, and I totally recommend, if you like biographies, you'll love, it's an autobiography, you'll love it. It's found it been actually a brilliant read. And so many, you know, the permission to fail is one of his very, very big things as well. You know, you can't have great innovations without many, many failures. So lots to be encouraged by that. So yeah, 
best Christmas present. <laughs> I didn't get you that Christmas present, but it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Jane. But you you did give me some amazing damson gin, uh, which I which Jenny and I are absolutely loving. Oh, good. There we go. So today we're talking about this thing, this this passion that I guess that we all have, don't we, for the kingdom of God? And as you said, it that passion that. Uh, James Dyson has you see reflected when you think about the kingdom of God and about the church and who she could be so tell us a bit about what was happening before Christmas that sort of led us to the topic we're going to talk about today okay so uh, it was the 28th of November it was a Sunday morning I was here in frontline we were happily enjoying a wonderful worship time together and I suddenly found myself overwhelmed with emotion now This does sometimes happen to me during worship, but on this occasion, I knew it was something very specific was going on. And it was an emotion that was kind of a a, a deep, deep seated yearning and longing to see the bride of Christ emerge and for Jesus to return as the bridegroom for a bride that has made herself ready. And uh, I, I didn't know what to do with it at the time. I thought sometimes these things are to share it in a meeting. I didn't think it was that. But I was so kind of bothered by it in a, in a good kind of way that I actually got someone to pray with me at the end and just to help me to sort of calm down a bit, I suppose, and, and mm. figure out what to do with this. And it's been, I've been on that journey for the last couple of months, really trying to figure out what to do with this experience. Yeah. Well, what, why do you think you had such a I suppose, a big emotional reaction to what was on your heart, what God was putting on your heart? I probably can't fully explain it um, other than the Holy Spirit was at work. I mean, it does reflect my lifelong longing for the church to emerge in all of its fullness. Mm. You know, it connects back into my book, The Bride, which uh, brought out uh, the year before last now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it kind of reflects something of that kind of holy discontent. You know, we brought out one version of the vacuum cleaner, but we've got to make it better. You know, sort of wholly discontent with where the church is at. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, we've come up with these amazing new ideas and fantastic ways of being and doing church. But, oh, there must be more. There's that sort of wholly discontent. These were all sort of things grumbling in the background. Um, uh, uh, you know, my, my current sort of mantra is sort of living for the church that Jesus died for and is coming back for. People will have heard me say that many times. So all of those things were sort of churning in the background. What really provoked the reaction that day i'm i'm not fully sure i think it was it's partly also just seeing how the church has been uh so reduced by covid and lockdown and yeah. feeling like we're in we're in quite a weak place at the moment in terms of people returning to or engaging with or stepping up to volunteer or to lead in the mm-hmm. church and and just feeling like this sense of vulnerability and weakness combined with longing and and desire and thinking, oh God, 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 please help us! Don't, don't let us stay where we are. Don't let us go backwards. Don't let us to. Don't let us, you know, just stay in this place of survivalism. But let's let us somehow, Lord, be the church that you died for and are coming back for. Of course, behind all of that, there's all of the concerns about radical individualism, consumerism. You know, people who want comfort and convenience more than they want to find their best place of contribution. Mm-hmm. And the joy and the fulfillment of actually, you know, playing out all of their gifts in the context of church and kingdom. So 
you know, all of that stuff was churning around. Why that particular day, that particular moment? I don't know, other than it was definitely a Holy Spirit moment for me, Jen. Yeah, I think when you talk about it, it sort of reminds me of, you know, how sometimes you'll meet somebody and you can see such great potential in them, but they don't necessarily they don't necessarily believe you or have the confidence to know that that's a gift that they have. And I think sometimes when I think about the, the, you know, the church, the big body of the church, that's sort of what I think about, this amazing potential for beauty and reflected glory that almost looks like it's not, it's just, it hasn't quite got to where it should be or that it doesn't even know mm. what it yeah. could be. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of when you talk, I think the passion that you speak, but that's what it sort of reminds me of. Mm. So. So you've had this experience at church a couple of months ago. What have you been doing to process that? So, I mean, it's a, it was obviously a big Kairos moment. And we talk about using the two discipleship questions, isn't mm. it? What is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? So let's make our way around the circle, Nick. What, yeah. How have you been processing that? Yeah, well, you know, I definitely needed to process it with other people. I couldn't really take it very far on my own. I've found some, you know, really helpful, mature prophetic people to talk it through with and trying to figure out what was going on inside me, you know, with such a strong reaction, been praying over it, mulling on it, uh, writing stuff down. So I try to write, write out what I was feeling like as a prophetic word. And I don't think that was something that was just to be, you know, distributed as a prophetic word necessarily. Uh -huh. It could be, but it was really to help me process. Yeah. Sometimes writing things down like journaling really helps you process things. Mm -hmm. So all of those have been helpful and, and just praying about it and asking God, you know, what do I do with this, Lord? So that, that's been my main sort of way of handling it since then. Yeah, I think, you know, what is really interesting now, I guess, is that you're talking about, you know, finding those other people who are mature, who can speak into your life. And it is so important, isn't it, that we have those types of connections so that we get to do this that we get to walk it together and mm. other people can help us along our journey mm. so um so you've been praying about it you've been talking to people about it so where are you up to now in terms of sharing what's on mm. your heart well i think one of the things that came out of sort of the processing of it with others particularly um with kerry harris but very thankful to her and her input i think it was also recognizing that god was trying to do something in me Mm. At the same time, it wasn't just a word for others. You know, sometimes when we feel things really strongly, we tend to want other people to make things happen for us rather than <laughs> recognize he's doing stuff in us. And, you know, I always find that a painful process because often when he shines a light, he shines a light in some of the dark corners of our own hearts. Mm. And uh, I, I found that in, mixed in with all of this kind of prophetic burden, there was an element of frustration. Yeah. And it was like, oh, come on, church. And it wasn't just, oh, come on, church. It was, oh, come on, church. It was almost <laughs> like a, a sort of, you know, almost like a critical thing. Yeah. And I, I kind of really needed to repent of that and just, you know, ask God to help me love the church as he loves the church. And to see, as you said, Jennifer, it's all its potential, not, not the problems and the, you know, the brokenness. And I've thought a lot recently about, you know, wanting to see the church for all, all of its beauty and its potential rather than its brokenness and its, uh, its barrenness. So I think processing what's going on in me dealing with that frustration and i think i think for me also just being completely honest there was a sense of part of my own sense of satisfaction or significance is tied up with how well the church is doing and if the church isn't doing well i feel like oh maybe i'm not doing well or maybe i'm doing a bad job and i know that's ridiculous but uh, there's a sense in which i'm finding too much 
significance in how the church is doing. And obviously God's given me that burden. It's since the age of 19, 48 years ago. And it was, it was another word in another huddle, actually, that somebody brought. And the question they asked was, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? And well, that's a pretty weighty question, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> I've been mulling on that ever since for about the last four weeks. And I can't get it out of my mind. And every time I come to pray, that seems to be the focus of my praying at the moment is, Jesus, I just want you to be enough. I don't want to have it. I don't want it to have to be Jesus plus yeah. this success or Jesus plus this influence or Jesus plus this significance or Jesus plus this product or whatever. You know, yeah. I just mm -hmm. want to, Jesus to be enough for my life. And so I think that's the other, the other thing that really the other way I've been processing it is to, it's just to say, Jesus, I know the church isn't where it needs to be. I know it's not where you want it to be. I know it's nowhere near its full potential. But right now, in this moment in time, you are enough. You're enough. You're, you meet my deepest needs. You're my heart's desire. You're my greatest longing. Wherever the church is at, I need to be content in the sufficiency that you are to me. And I think that's been a huge thing for me these last few weeks. I think also just finding joy in the small things and, you know, the small wins, the small successes. A young woman who came to faith in our missional community earlier last year mm -hmm. through an alpha that we ran in our home. And uh, just watching her grow has just been an absolute delight. And, you know, she epitomizes a self-starter. You know, so she's reading everything. She's digging into the Bible. She's listening to podcasts. She's finding books. She's now lending Jenny and me books. And I was like, oh, have you read this book yet, Nick? And, Oh, no, I haven't read that one yet. So, you know, just the, the joy of seeing her grow and starting to influence others, her family and her friends, and thinking who she can introduce to faith now. It's just been amazing. So, you know, little things like that. And I think that's the final thing is maybe for me also just trying to be more aware of my own emotions. I mean, I'm, I'm not the most aware emotionally, as Jenny, my wife, will tell you. <laughs> um, she'll say to me sometimes, Nick, what are you feeling? I think, oh, I have no idea what I'm feeling right now. So I'm trying also to be more aware of my feelings and to be able to express those better, mm. realising that this was this thing back in November was a very emotional experience. So it's kind of a, lots of little spin-offs for me in terms of, um, you know, what I'm, where I'm up to with this now. So we talked about, we talked then about how you've been processing it, but at the beginning you'd said that you felt that this was a word both for you, but probably also a word for others as well. So here we are, it's the beginning of 2022. Um, and although I'm not one for New Year's resolutions, I'm really not, because I know I'm not going to keep them. <laughs> but I do like to start the year thinking about what it is that God's calling us into, what he's asking of us. Not that the direction changes, because it doesn't, does it? You know, mm. the direction is still, let's see the kingdom of God come, isn't it? But our focus can move, can't it? Mm. Sometimes we focus more on one thing than another, than another. So with that in mind, are there things that you think Jesus is calling us as Christians into at this time? Mm. In that sort of sense of our bigger body, connectedness around Jesus being Lord? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think coming out of this experience and um, back in November, I felt like the Lord has given me a bit of a fresh word for this season. Uh, it flows directly out of this um, 
kind of prophetic encounter. And um, it's going to come out in preaching. It's going to come out in writing different ways. But I'll give you just the headlines, Jen, because <laughs> there's, there's a lot to it. But I think you won't be surprised, but it's an alliteration on the letter C. Okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and it all, it all relates to the bride. So it's, I think the Lord's saying he wants us to be captivated by and compelled by a love, not only for the bridegroom, for Jesus, but for his bride. And our love for the bride isn't going to grow outside of our love for the bridegroom. Mm. So it's falling in love with Jesus. It's returning to our first love. It's doing the things that we know will help us to stir up that first love again for Jesus. And out of that, the thing that Jesus most loves, which is his bride. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't say, you know, I love Jesus, but not love his bride. You know, John... well, it doesn't even make any sense, does it? <laughs> Well, no, it's like saying I love the head, but I don't love the body. Yeah, I mean, know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, John was wasn't it in one of his letters? He said, you know, you can't say I love God and I hate your brother. It's yeah. just, it, it's a, it's ridiculous. So it's about being captivated and compelled by love for Jesus and His bride. It's about being connected to and contributing to the life of the bride. Somebody asked me many years ago or gave me this question many years ago which was how can i make my best contribution which is a great question it how is can a good i make question. how can i make my best contribution whether that's you know to to my family to my small group to my church to my workplace yeah to the school where my kids go how can i bring or make my best contribution and i think you know for the church being connected to the church and contributing to the life of the church is a place of great, great joy and fulfillment. And if we are too busy, you know, that we that has got squeezed out, then we're probably too, too busy. busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we need a, a bit of a recalibration on our priorities and uh, how we organise our time. But the final one, so captivated and compelled by, connected and contributing to, the final one is convinced by and committed to the mission of the bride. Mm. I think it's in the mission of the bride that we have the greatest adventures of all. Um, and ultimately, we do find the kind of godly significance that he wants us to find. And so I think, you know, that that's in essence the word I feel he's giving me to bring to people and to churches, to Christians and to groups uh, at the start of this new year, Jen. Yeah, well, those are great. I will... Actually, I think I put them in the notes for the podcast for those of you who weren't taking notes about Nick's alliteration. <laughs> so it'll be helpful later and for us to come back to and be able to mull on and think about. So I guess in light of knowing that's what you that's what you think God's saying to us as I guess a you know a network of churches and leaders and members and people who were just following after God, what is it that you're going to be focusing on in this coming year? Okay, so just a couple of practical things, really, Jen. Uh, one is, the, the question I've been asking is, how can we make things simpler? Because, mm. you know, as church leaders, we sometimes get enamoured with our own cleverness. And, yeah. <laughs> and overly complicate things, yes. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> things get overly complicated. They do, they um, do. And in essence, you know, you can't really do better than saying, what's this life all about? It's about loving God and loving others. I mean, you know, if you reduce it to its, its most it's, basic... It's basic principles, yeah. yeah. So. I'm trying to take that idea of how can we make mission, discipleship, community life simple, simple, sticky, 
and reproducible, simple so that anybody can understand it, yeah. sticky so that anybody could pass it on to others, and reproducible so that it starts to have a life of its own. It just carries yeah, it away. cascades. It cascades. Yeah, yes, exactly. And then on the back of that, thinking, how can I, how can I bring tools, put tools into people's hands so that they can actually use those very simple things to grow as disciples and yeah. disciples who make disciples. And I think that's, I'm feeling very stirred up and sort of, I've got my tool making kit out at the moment. <laughs> I'm busy with all sorts of ideas for, for the new year. Well, I think we'll be excited to hear about them as the year goes on, as you continue to yeah innovate and create new things. Um, I love that that just connects, doesn't it, so well with what you said at the beginning about James Dyson and mm. this, this reiteration of things. But I think when we, sometimes we can, innovate things and make them more complicated can't we mm. but there are other times when we innovate on something and we make it easier and it allows it to spread it allows mm. it to be in the hands of more mm. people to be used by more people and imagine a bride of christ who knew who she was and knew whose she was and the mission that she was on mm. it'll be amazing <laughs> it will absolutely i mean why anybody would want to live for anything less than that, I don't know, to be honest, Jim. No, I just think, you know, we have such an amazing gift, don't we? We have such an amazing gift that Jesus has given mm. to us. Why would you not want to be part of this adventure? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've talked about, you know, this prophetic word that you've got, but I would like to bring us back to something that is that we already have, a tool we already have, which is your book, Bride. Mm which I think fits beautifully well into this conversation. And I was just wondering, is there something that, that's something we already have as a tool, isn't there? But are there some useful, practical ways that we might be able to use that resource to help us think through some of the things that we've talked about today? Yeah, absolutely, Jen. Um, and uh, it's, it's broken down into five sections. So it lends itself to studying i suppose in five sections mm -hmm. so there are 20 chapters each section has four they're only very short chapters of two or three pages each and each of those chapters has some questions at the end which you could either reflect on personally or discuss as a group and i think it would be brilliant to think that people all around the country maybe all across the world are using this simple tool to ask questions about the bride and how how can i make my best contribution mm -hmm. It's based around B-R-I-D-E, burning with desire, radical community, invincible army, disciple-making disciples, and end times orientated. And around those five topics, it's a whole bunch of questions in each of the chapters. And any group that wanted to could say, look, we're going to read a couple of chapters. We're going to read a whole section. Yeah. We're going to pick out some of the little discussion questions, and we're going to focus on these next time we meet. I think that would be a great way of just helping take the conversation forward, help people engage with what it means to be the bride of Christ and get excited, get inspired by the, the thought of how their lives could actually be shaped by aligning themselves with God's purpose, with the bridegroom's longing for his bride. Oh, brilliant. Nick, thank you so much for talking with us today. Yeah, if you are wanting to purchase Bride, it is available on Amazon, or you can contact me in the office if you can't find it. <laughs> I do have some copies here as well. But um, I really hope that people have been inspired, actually, in hearing you talk about the Bride. I think whenever you talk about God's people, I always come away thinking, oh, it's going to be so good in heaven. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be amazing. 
And I just think that same passion that we all feel, and we do, I think sometimes, as you said, we can look at the church and just think, oh gosh, none of it's working. But that is not true. Mm. It's not true. Mm. Yes, we're full of broken people, but we're broken people who are being transformed by God's grace, aren't we? Um, and the plans that he has for us are the best. So I just say to people, come and join the adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. <laughs> All right. See you guys next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,